This is Across Culture, the podcast exploring culture, identity, and the Christian faith. I'm Jessie, your host. Well, hello, everybody. Happy New Year again. <laughs> Happy Lunar New Year. If you are celebrating Sunlin Phylok, which means Happy New Year. This time last year, I was in Asia, and it was the first time I was away from the UK for New Year. And it was pretty interesting. It seems like Christmas in the UK. So what I mean by this is that there were a lot of red decorations everywhere, like in shopping centres, seasonal clothing, um, special burgers, even in McDonald's, special drinks. I remember seeing pretzels specifically for Chinese New Year in Auntie Annie's even. And a lot of shops and services were closed over the Chinese New Year period, which is 14 days long. And lots of people, they would return home to their families, like from the big cities, for something called reunion dinner, Tunin Fan, which happens the night before the start of the new year. And so what we did is that we dressed up in red clothing at my grandma's house and basically waited for our relatives to come to give money, <laughs> to give red packets to Bailin to, you know, give the greetings and that kind of thing. So very, very different from life in the UK when nothing actually happens at Chinese New Year. And so for me, that was my experience returning to the motherland, kind of, knowing but not knowing the customs of Lunar New Year. And today I'm going to give a short book review. The book is called The Life of a Banana by P.P. Wong. P.P. Wong is the first published BBC British-born Chinese writer. And if you don't know, banana is a fruit. (laughs) Banana is somebody who is yellow on the outside and white on the inside. And this book follows the life of a teenage girl who's a BBC. She actually visits Singapore for the first time. But in here, there are themes of identity struggles, troubles at school, family secrets, and that kind of thing. And for me, it made a lot of sense because I felt these things before. I really understood where the character was coming from. And I laughed, I cried, and... It's just a wonderful book, the only book that I gave five stars on, on my Goodreads account. (laughs) So if you're a BBC, have you read this book? I really recommend it. And if you do read it, please tell me, do you resonate with anything in this? And if you're not a BBC, I really encourage you to read it as well. Just to read outside what you usually read, widen your experience of what other people may have come across in their lives, especially second generation immigrants. So these are people whose parents came from a different country and they were born in this country. Anyway, I'd like to read a little bit from this book. So this is from page 121. Mama says London is a cosmopolitan country and because of that it's okay to be an ethnic minority because there are quite a few of us. But then it gets weird because I'm neither here nor there. Like I'm not totally white and I'm not Singaporean either. I love Sunday roasts and Chinese food too, but I can't speak fluent Chinese and the only Chinese word I can write is my name. None of my friends have ever been Chinese apart from when I met Jay, but he's half. Kilburn was where I grew up whereas Singapore is a strange land where people sound and act different. They use words like walao, kena, and meh. 
but most of the people here look like me and my name is just normal, not strange. Also, I blur into the crowds of black-haired people and if I wanted to, I could be like, where's Wally? I could disappear and people would struggle to find me. Mama said I should be proud to be a BBC, British-born Chinese. When I was little, I thought it meant that Chinese people were owned by the BBC. Mama said being a BBC makes me special, but I don't feel special most of the time. I feel strange. By the way, sorry if you're Singaporean and I botched this English. So that is from The Life of a Banana by P.P. Wong. Go read it. So this is Series 3, Episode 2 with Anna Tran. I had a really good time talking to her and it gave me a lot of things to reflect upon as well. I hope that you are also blessed by what she has to share. Hey Anna, how are you doing? I am good, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm all right. I'm doing all right, yeah. Yeah, well, it's great. Considering to... <laughs> we're in lockdown <laughs> 3.0, I'm doing okay. Yeah. You're doing okay in lockdown number three. It's good to hear. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's yeah. an achievement, I think, to be doing okay in lockdown number three. It is. So I'll give you a yeah, sticker. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> So I'm really delighted to have you on a cross-culture podcast and this is series three so you have made it in lockdown three to series three. <laughs> Yay, oh, <wow>. welcome. <laughs> um, Yay. <laughs> yeah and for people who don't know you can you please introduce yourself tell us who you are what you do that kind of thing. Yeah sure so my name is Anna Tran um a Vietnamese second name, but I'm actually Chinese in ethnicity. My husband is Vietnamese. Um, we're both British born, one Vietnamese, obviously, and one Chinese. Um, I am a, what you call, it's a really long name, but a complex, complex safeguarding social worker. So basically I work um, with children who are being exploited, um, both sexually and or criminally. Um, so it is very interesting, very, can be very challenging at times but very rewarding at the same time um, I live in Manchester which is um, a great city to live in and everyone should come visit after lockdown <laughs> <laughs> um, lots of lots of good people here lots of good food and a lot cheaper than London um, mm. we're not biased to the north at all <laughs> not gonna pretend yeah we are definitely biased to the north um, I, um, I am currently um, on the leadership team for 715, which is a congregation um, kind of under Manchester Chinese Christian Church. So um, that's the home church that I grew up in and um, spent some time away from, but have returned to in the most more recent years. Um, what else? I'm married, as I've said, and we have a dog <laughs> that Aww. we got. Um, yeah, it's so sweet. Like literally got him in September and mm. he has been like, honestly, God has just so blessed me and taught me so much <laughs> through this little ball of craziness um wow. but it's been really good um to have to have him with us through this crazy season that we're in so yeah so that's me and you can do your daily exercise as well taking the dog out yeah, I wish I could say that I take him out every day, but um, <laughs> oh. my excuse, <laughs> my excuse 
sense is that he's a puppy and they're not supposed to exercise that much but yeah really? um, every now and again every now and then we do go out and um he goes to a really big run around he's very active so mm. um so yeah that's good nice to hear yeah so you said <laughs> something seven fifteen. can you tell us what that is oh so it's a it's one of the congregations part of manchester chinese christian church so you know a lot of i don't know whether all chinese churches function in this way but the manchester church does in that there's multiple congregations and so one mm. of the congregations um which is more of a young professionals young families um youth and students sort of congregation um mm. is a, is an offshoot of mccc so and that's called 715 don't ask me what 715 stands for because we're not 100% sure, but <laughs> oh. um, we're, we're on this journey. I know we're on this journey of um, actually figuring out our identity more and um, seeing whether God is going to call us to change a name. Um, so it's been really exciting. It's about, I think it's six, five years old now, or maybe six years old. Um, so really a very young congregation. So mm. it's, it's good and exciting to be going on this journey together with them as well in figuring out our identity a bit more. Hmm. I'm going to look through scripture for everything that's 715 now, <laughs> try and figure it out. But yeah, so you were saying that you grew up in Manchester Chinese Church, right? And then you had a bit of time away from it and then you came back. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, why you had a time away from it and why did you come back? Yeah, so I guess, um, so I grew up there Um, literally was born there mm. my whole life was um all I knew was um Chinese church and I don't think all Chinese churches are the same and Manchester Chinese church is not the same as it was growing up anymore and so and I have to be really careful obviously that my experience is not everybody's experience of Chinese church or even Manchester Chinese church so yeah um but really for me um I think that I think one of the main things that I I really wanted to know of God was um, the supernaturalness of living life with Jesus. Um, and I think that, well, I had, obviously I moved away for university, not obviously, but I moved away from mm-hmm. university, which was a great time for me to start to explore um, and find Christians who were maybe more comfortable with the move of the Holy Spirit and I'm very much generalizing very much generalizing could probably get shot for this but um I feel that on the most part um Chinese Christians are not as comfortable Chinese Christians in England are Mm -hmm. not as comfortable with um the move of the Holy Spirit and Mm. the sort of the sort of wild nature of the holy spirit that is both like powerful and intimate and uncontrollable and containable like he's described as like fire and wind and water all of these things are not things that humans can fully control and i think that's really scary for Hmm. for people from the chinese culture like generally speaking we like to be in control (laughs) Um, we like to we like things to like work the way we want them to work like we like to have all our ducks in the line in a line before we do anything we like to Hmm. be able to predict things and have certainty and you know even that comes down to even things like um you know 
the generalized pressure, the stereotypical pressures that um, young people are faced with in picking careers that are much more stable and certain and financially like um, financially safe because there is a desire for, I guess, things to be within control. And I think that that makes it sometimes quite difficult for um, some Chinese Christians because our, our culture invades our faith in a way that maybe it shouldn't mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. then really let go and let this God who is who is wind, fire, water um, in like his sort of character um, to come and invade. And so I was really, I met with Holy Spirit when I was uh, 14 and my life completely changed. And um, I went looking for, I guess, a church that could really help me to learn and understand what I was experiencing and what I was desiring to see. Um, yeah. Very, I wanted a word-based scripture focused church that was on fire with the holy spirit and um, mm. to be able to learn so i went away um when i went to uni and um was very blessed to be really like taken in by a really beautiful church in leeds um who just loved me and grew me and showed me supernatural living in the day day by day um, and I guess, yeah, I guess on the other side, there was also like a discovery of who, I guess, yeah, when I went to this church, um, it wasn't a Chinese church, it was a non-Chinese church. Um, I guess at that point, all of my thinking about culture and all the things I've even articulated now, I couldn't have articulated back then. I can only do it now because I've been to a non-Chinese church and have had to think about culture and ethnicity and how that all interplays with spirituality and Christianity. Um, so it was kind of that sort of like, whoa, I'm in a non-Chinese church and wow, now I can start to see what is of Jesus and what was of my culture and what is of kingdom and what is of is not. So, wow. Can you share some of them? Yeah. Your findings. Oh yeah. Um, so, so going into um, a non-Chinese church. So it was a mainly white British church, but they were absolutely like beautiful in that I never felt that I was Chinese. Um, I was aware that I was Chinese mainly because of like cultural situations in terms of like. A really funny story like <laughs> I was invited <laughs> to someone's house and um for lunch after church and they made they'd made soup and then they'd they gave me soup and I would remember thinking oh man like they really didn't like you know prepare for me to come around for lunch um like oh I guess is that all we're having like soup <laughs> and then I realized <laughs> like that is because I'm from Chinese culture. Like soup is never a meal in Chinese culture. And so I felt yeah. really like as like a 19 year old in a city I've never been in, in like a culture that was, I didn't realize so different. I was like, mm. I, it was so easy to misunderstand hospitality because I was right. like, oh, they haven't thought about me at all. Like it wasn't until later that 
as I got closer to and spent more time, I realized that English soup takes a very long time to make. <laughs> and I was like, and people actually have it for like actual meals. Whereas like Chinese yeah. people only have soup, like soup is like the leftover stuff that you make into something good, right? And then you like have it at the beginning or the end of a meal or the restaurants give it away for free. Like, so. <laughs> like broth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So mm. there was some things around hospitality. Um, but anyway, that's just a funny story, but. I'd say like hospitality is a really big thing. Like Chinese people are very naturally hospitable um, in terms of like within within our kind of the people that we know. And like mm-hmm. that's a real kingdom value in terms of like the depths of relationships and commitments that people make to each other within the Chinese church. There's a real like, you're my brother, you're my sister. Like this is my auntie, my uncle my little brother my little sister there's like a commitment to people within family that I don't think is as easy doesn't happen as naturally in um cultures that aren't like collectivist community cultures so like white British culture is generally individualistic and um, much more like nuclear family so they have to work much harder to have that like um extended family actually the Jewish people, so the first Christians, they lived within extended families. They are part of a collectivist community culture. And so they called each other brothers and sisters and it was like much easier for them. Whereas like the Western Christians have to work much harder. But then I realized that on the flip side, that Chinese Christians are not very good at, we're not Chinese Christians, Chinese people keep within our culture. So we're not very good at crossing culture which is basically what your podcast is about um so we're not (laughs) we're not very good at crossing culture right and having Mm. people who are not like us become like family to us um whereas I found that people loved me because I was different um and Mm. they were eager to learn in like in the in at least in my church anyway and so now I have loads of big brothers and sisters who are not within they're not Chinese I've got little brothers and sisters who are not Chinese like and these are people yeah. who you know I've like moved on leads like a long time now and they're still so hmm. dear to me and so yeah I'd say that's one of the things one of the things that I think we can really be proud of as like kingdom value is that we really do have a depth of relationship that is quite natural to us as Chinese Christians yeah. but one of the things that I think we can really learn about learn from or learn to do is to be more open as a community to people who are not like us who are different who don't have the same culture don't have the same ethnicity you know that sort of stuff so yeah <laughs> definitely agree with that yeah thanks for your insight so then you spent some time in the non-chinese the majority white british church in leeds and then did you mm-hmm. move back to the Chinese church because you left Leeds or was it a different mm. intentional reason? Mm. Well, I actually thought I would never go back to Chinese church. <laughs> mm. I was like, Lord, I never, I never want to go back. Like, um, wow. like there's many reasons and I'm not going to go into those things. Um, but I just didn't think it was something that was going to happen um, I was so happy where I was really set really content really like rooted growing learning invested um, and then um, 
I guess then in like, I think it was 2014, God started to speak about, um, just started to speak about like my identity um, and in particular, in particular, like my, how my ethnicity is part of my identity. So it's not like the, it's not the overarching priority in my identity at all. Like that is Christ. But I think I'd spent so much time ignoring the fact that I was like struggling with um, being Chinese in the West, (laughs) being like, Mm British and Chinese and a Christian um I think I had really like suppressed a lot of that and has had just kind of said oh well I'm a I'm a daughter I'm a daughter of the king first I'm a child of God first um you know it just happens that I'm Chinese like doesn't and I was born in Britain like and I never really went into like the depths of like some of the struggles I had around being Chinese in the West like I can't speak for everybody but I think most people who are dual like heritage or yeah dual heritage um would say there is like a conflict of who am I like I'm not you know you put me in Hong Kong I don't fit there you put me in England and I'm kind of not fully I'm 100% Mm -hmm. British but I'm also not like Mm -hmm. you know I also feel a little bit not here as well and um yeah and God was just saying like, okay, you now know who you are in me. Now I want you to understand why I made you both British and Chinese and that I didn't do it by accident. And it wasn't that I just randomly assigned you an ethnicity and then placed you in England. And so he was doing a lot of deep work in bringing healing, I guess, um, around my identity. And I had to face a lot of um, a lot of things I believed about myself that weren't true. Um, that was very linked with my ethnicity um I guess you know you have there's so many stereotypes right that yeah people throw at you like growing up um just you're good at maths like girls are quiet um shy mm. you your parents own a chippy you know kung fu like you all mm-hmm. speak Chinese um all those things where people just make assumptions of you like actually causes I think has an impact on the way you think about you know your ethnicity and how people perceive you um and so God was just doing some real healing there because I think I found that all those years of just people throwaway comments um had really caused me to be quite silent and unsure and unconfident in myself um I I would never say I didn't want to be Chinese, but I could say that I thought it would be easier not to be Chinese at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was obviously really hard. And I think I think a lot of people feel that. I think, oh man, it would be so much easier if, you know, I didn't have to like answer those questions about how good my English is and when I moved to England or where am I from and all that sort of stuff yeah Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah right feel the pain don't you (laughs) I feel the pain Um, especially for me growing up in um quite yeah my neighborhood was quite white and it was very obvious that me and my Mm. sister were the only Chinese yeah and just 
what mm. you see at school and people on the streets. Yeah, it's very obvious that we're different. So I just wanted to be white because yeah. it would be so much easier. And then, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have to stand out or anything. I could just integrate. Yeah, mm. that's definitely. How I felt. Definitely. And mm. I think that's how a lot of people feel. And it's really painful, isn't it, when you actually think. If you think like God the Father hears us saying we would rather not be us, like that's such a painful, yeah. a painful thought really to think that a father's like, but you are perfectly designed, but yet you live with this subconscious belief that it would be better not to be me. And and so in my time when I was in Leeds and away from the Chinese church, like God really was doing some healing in that area and bringing to the top like those belief systems that had formed out of survival not out of like a dislike of God or how he made it was me trying to survive and living in England and I had some amazing friends who were so healing in my life like all of them white (laughs) um (laughs) but just lovers of Jesus and um who just spoke truth like who had never ever would have ever thought that I thought these things about myself but I think the fact that they were from the culture that had or the ethnicity that had caused a lot of pain really helped a lot of healing as I just like spoke out the things that I believed and they just rebuked them really and said that is not true of you and Mm. prayed so much for me um Mm. and I was with them actually um on the day that God on the day that God said to me that he, um, oh, we were asking about Chinese church. Oh, no, yeah, on the day that God said to me that he was going to send me back to Chinese church, um, and that was in 20, 2014. And I absolutely, I was so, so upset. Like, I cried so much because I, I think there was so much around my ethnicity that was so linked with pain and so, like, going back to Chinese church where I really didn't feel like I fitted in and it's like I don't, mm. didn't fit in in white world and I didn't fit in Chinese church world mm-hmm. because I was just not that Chinese it was just like oh, lord why would you send me back there like to a place where like it's even more clear to me that I don't want to it was like even harder than actually being in the English church world um but right but you know when God speaks even if I'm upset about it like my my answer is always yes <laughs> so um <laughs> so I was like you know what Lord I was like I was on the ground crying and my friends were like praying and I was just like it's that's the pain is the pain is like of dying to yourself <laughs> like I'm, I'm crying because I'm dying right now yeah, like I'm dying wow. to myself in order to say yes um mm-hmm. and then it was confirmed again when me and my we were boyfriend and girlfriend back then 20, 2014 um separately God said to us you're going to go back to Chinese church um and he, I remember Jay just coming to me and saying like oh I think God's going to send us back and I was like no because I was like no like that means like he, God's just confirming it because I was like that is what God has said to me as well yeah and then Jay said I think it's going to be wow. in five years and I said okay that's fine I can deal with five years that's fine <laughs> that's like ages away <laughs> Um, um, little did I know um, that actually exactly five years um, we came back to Chinese church not because we planned it 
but because God started leading and then I counted mm. the years and I was like that is ridiculous so 2019 wow. 2019 we came back to Chinese church mm. that was after I had gone to China <laughs> um which was like right at the end of uni so that was like 2015 so 2014 God spoke about going back to Chinese church spoke about my identity as being Chinese and British and not a mistake and mm-hmm. then did a load of healing and then as that kickstart started a journey of God's God calling me to China China being the one place on earth that I had said to God when I was 14 years old and gave my life to Jesus like gave my life to Holy Spirit fully um, I said to him I will go anywhere in the world but do not send me to China <laughs> <laughs> never bargain with god right <laughs> don't do it <laughs> oh, oh my wow god. And so why then, didn't you want to go because of that whole conflict in me of mm. like not being chinese and not wanting to be chinese i think and being very uncomfortable in my ethnicity and oh just all that confusion i was like going yeah, to china yeah. is only going to show me how much i'm not chinese and how right like and at that time how much I actually really didn't like some of the Chinese culture like I really didn't like some Chinese culture that you know we all live within Chinese culture and some of it is is not very nice like it can be it can be very harsh and very status orientated and Mm. that sort of stuff and I was just like oh I can't deal with any of that stuff so so yeah God's sending of me to China was really um well him asking me to surrender and him actually again bringing healing in my like in my identity I I kind of describe it as like he was helping me to reconcile myself to myself um to make peace with my identity and who I am um I cried a lot I was kicking and screaming but I still went (laughs) um (laughs) I don't speak Chinese I definitely don't speak Mandarin I've Mm. never been to China I didn't know anybody in China um and then it was confirmed like I was just sat in the dining room with my flatmates and one of my flatmates boyfriends said hey have you ever thought about going to this orphanage in China and I was like what I haven't even talked to you about China like we don't even talk. Wow. <laughs> um, and so I ended up going to this orphanage in China. Um, it was a Christian orphanage. Um, it was more like a foster home, to be honest. And okay. um, I spent like four, four and a bit months there. Wow. Um, like I'd never been before. I literally mm. emailed them and got on a plane. God funded Amazing. everything. Um, got on a plane and was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah and arrived in China it was yeah (laughs) it was crazy really crazy what was your experience like in China um scary at first really Mm. scary like like I don't even know I don't know words like I went to China I started I did Cantonese Chinese class right I got mm. held back classes and like I was held back. I stayed in like class oh, four for like two cute. years. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, mom, I would rather go to church. Can I go to church? And my mom was like, yeah, sure. So I stopped going Chinese class in order to go worship Jesus. <laughs> Cause I was like, I can't, 
<laughs> I can't do this Chinese thing. And then I started mm-hmm. um, as I was preparing to go to China. And when I was when he called me in like 2015, I I said yes by starting to go to Chinese classes, Mandarin classes um, at university. Again, picked up very little because I'm just not a language person. But anyway, got there and it was like it was life changing. Really, it was life changing in that there's such a beauty in that country. Um, it's like I don't know, it's so hard to describe. Like it's like it's like God is like bursting at the seams in that country, like as if like as if like there's he's just like everywhere, but also really there's a real like tension in like in in the atmosphere. Like you can see God just bursting through the seams in so many different places, but it's obviously a country that is communist and can't people don't have freedom of expression like and freedom of worship and there's so many restrictions but um it was beautiful to see normal everyday people and just there I lived in a village so um village life <laughs> oh like like fresh produce that cost like 10p oh um, wow <laughs> I know biking around like literally it was like cornfields and pitch black and um, pitch black at night time and um yeah it was like the real experience <laughs> but the people were beautiful and I um spent time with I spent time every day I spent with um children um just those three children I spent all my time with um and just like loving them and holding them praying for them teaching mm. them um I learned to love I learned to love my ethnicity I learned to love Chinese people and I learned to love myself and um I learned to see beauty in just my ethnicity and that's why I describe it as God reconciling me with myself <laughs> um because wow. I walked away so much more blessed um by that country than probably I bless them (laughs) um yeah so that was yeah that was Mm. kind of where where I got to really so would you say that um it was like one specific thing happened that led you to that that process of reconciliation or is it throughout Mm. your time obviously God has started doing the work Mm. in you since 2014 Um, but Mm. was there like one thing that happened in China or was it just being there for a few months yeah um there's one moment that I really remember so okay we used to where I lived um was in the village so it was like in Beijing but um the village outside like the sixth ring road of Beijing because Beijing is so big it's got so many (laughs) ring roads Um, um, and we would have to travel quite far to get into the city Um, but I went in with some of the other people who were there and we went into the mall and um, the mall you can tell us hanging out with Americans went into the shopping (laughs) centre thank you for the translation Uh, translation um, <laughs> and um I just remember looking around and there were being like loads of billboards and then all these billboards are like female Asian models 
and then also just like looking around at people and this probably sounds quite like shallow but that's cool that's what God used to to bring healing for me I remember just looking around and just being like oh my gosh like Chinese people are really beautiful Hmm. and I just you know in England we don't get to now we do more more regularly but growing Mm -hmm. up you would never see an Asian person on a on a billboard on a makeup ad on a hair ad in a movie like magazine you would just TV, never yeah 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 never ever like and if you saw any it would just be lucy lou and everybody would just be like hey you look like lucy lou and i'd be like no i don't <laughs> <laughs> not at all like she's beautiful but i don't look like her <laughs> yeah um, so it was like just seeing all of these different type different types of beauty of chinese people even like not the models that are on the billboards but just people walking around and just being like wow i feel like god just kind of descaled my eyes to see beauty where I in the past only saw pain um and so that's kind of the moment that stands out for me Hmm. yeah yeah thanks for sharing um about your experiences and I think for Mm. me I'm really I'm quite in awe as well about your obedience Mm. to God and all these times when he brought you to different places that you actually didn't want to go and yet you Mm. did go um and what you said about people just embracing how God created them to be um Mm. yeah it reminded me of something that I was reading today so you said something about dual heritage and sometimes Mm -hmm. when someone is part of two cultures you know some people say bicultural then Mm -hmm. they sometimes feel like they're neither here neither there they don't belong here Mm. but they don't belong there um And I was reading something today, actually it's from this book called Building a Healthy Multi-Ethnic Church. So this is what I read in my spare time. Um, Mm -hmm. And in this book, they were talking about Acts and they were talking about Timothy. And then the author was like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, why do you think that um, Timothy was chosen to be one of the like church planters back in Acts? Mm -hmm. And then in Acts 16, verse one it says how Timothy is bicultural that his mum was a Jew and his father a Greek and you know is that one of the reasons because he can be that cultural bridge yeah so I was like oh wow that's that's a really interesting thing which I never thought about before and how really yeah we're we're created the way that God wants us to be and I think the sooner people can really know that it it Mm. is from God and mm. how to use that most effectively for God's kingdom. And just to really be yeah. secure in that, then I think the better. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks definitely. for sharing. Oh, no, definitely. And I think, like, um, I don't know who listens to your podcast and stuff, but I'm sure there'll be a lot Not of Not many people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of, there'll be BBCs who listen to it. And, mm-hmm. and even just, I guess, me speaking to you as BBCs, is that, like, I really do believe that there is, like, there's a mandate on us as British born Chinese Christians that we carry something that other other people don't. And if we shy away from mm. really embracing both like our Britishness, our Chineseness, and then first and foremost, our like kingdom identity, if we shy away from those things, there like the kingdom is what misses out. The world is what misses out on mm, on an wow. on an aspect and a like an expression of God that other cultures can't bring and mm-hmm. and so I think it's so important that we do we do have these conversations about culture and we don't 
you know, we don't just say, oh, like, you know, we're all the same. I don't see color. And <laughs> yeah. All that stuff that is just Ooh. not true. Like, I know because mm. God sees color. Like, he sees color. He sees all the different colors and he loves mm. it. And he says, all people of all nations, of all tongues will worship me. Like, yep. because he sees color. And so I think, like, we, I would just, I'm passionate about seeing, like, just, I guess because I'm British born Chinese, like, and especially young women, like, I'm just passionate about seeing. <laughs> young women young british born chinese british born chinese anywhere just like wow. really grabbing a hold of um what god has made them to be who god has made them to be and and to be that bridge because no one mm. else is going to be able to be that bridge no one else is going to express the father the way that we do and so um yeah so yes <laughs> mm. that's all i wanted to say is wow that, yeah we need to grasp a, grab a hold of it yeah and i see that you have a place in empowering others as well empowering other bbcs mm. so yeah i'm really glad that you have returned back to the chinese church from your experiences and looking forward yeah. to yeah what's in store for you oh gosh yeah me too <laughs> i just say honestly day by day yes and that's it <laughs> don't need to think too far ahead mm -hmm. just that's how day it should by be day, yes yeah, yeah. let yeah. go let god handle it yeah. yeah 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 definitely mm. um if you don't mind i'd love to just like pray um over list your listeners and us and amazing um, just go from there so yeah, yeah. let's do it father god we thank you that you are the awesome creator that you don't make any mistakes and um, that you don't um accidentally do anything god I thank you, Father, for um, for Jesse, Lord, and for um, this podcast, Father. I thank you, God, that you have such um, such a heart, Lord, to see people come to a reconciliation within themselves of who they are, Lord, and that you are going to use um, words that are spoken through this podcast to do that for people, Lord. And God, I just want to lift up right now um, all my brothers and sisters who are British-born Chinese, whether they're listening or not, God. I just want to lift them to you, God, and I ask that you would take us all this part of your body, Lord, that you take us on a journey, Lord, of reconciliation within ourselves, God, that we would be people who love ourselves as you loved us so that we can love others well, God. Hmm. Father, that we would not shy away from the in, the quirks and the differences and the um just the beauty that comes with being British born Chinese and how that demonstrates you into this world, Lord God, that we would, um, that we would, yeah, love well, God, that we would love you well, love ourselves well and love others well, God. And so Lord, I just pray for all chains to fall off anything that has mm. silenced or bound or held back and um, this part of your church lord in the years that have been lord and i pray that they will just all fall off right now and that you would release your church into a new freedom god and um, into an into the right into the place of standing that you have always destined the chinese church to to have within this nation lord and um, and that we would shine bright for you god yeah. So we just pray all these things in in your name, God, knowing that it is your plan and your purpose to build your church, God. And and we just want to say yes and amen to that and partner with you, God, in what you're doing. So mm. we thank you, Lord. And I just pray that you're blessed, Jesse, and you bless this um this podcast, God, that you would increase, Lord, um, its reach and its capacity, Lord. Um, and we pray all these things in your most precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Come back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, sister. You give me a call. <laughs> All right. I will.